Well, we have been in a series uh, for some time now called The Wisdom of God. Uh, let's look at Proverbs 9, verse 10. We're going to continue in that today. If you haven't heard some of the previous messages, you can go online. All the videos are there, audio, the podcast. Um, there's a number of ways that you can listen or watch. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We spent some time on that. God is the beginning of wisdom, true wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied and the years of your life will be added to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you scoff, you will bear it alone. So we've read that in, in, in uh, you know, at the beginning uh, in this series, some of these messages, um, and covered that in detail. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He is, any true wisdom begins with knowing Him. Anything that is truly wise in the earth is based on Him and His truth. It's maybe a derivative, uh, but there's nobody that came up with anything that's true wisdom in the long term that's not actually God's wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, it says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. See, there is a wisdom in this age. There is a, a, an earthly wisdom. There is men's wisdom. We spoke on that. In detail, Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. These things we also speak, verse 13, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Verse 13 says, we're not speaking in uh, words which man's wisdom teaches. We spent some time on that a few weeks ago. And then uh, last week, is, or the last time as well, men's wisdom. Men's wisdom will take you in all kinds of directions. You know, we, we spent some time and talked about how there are things that are accepted as wisdom on the earth that aren't biblical. But if, you, but if you were to quote some of those things, people actually believe they're in the Bible, or they actually, and they actually believe they're right, but they're not... They're not God's wisdom. They're, they're men's ideas that have been accepted over time. But we're talking about here the wisdom of God. What the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now let's look at Psalm 53, verse 1. You know, that's kind of intro. We're, we've been talking about these things for a little bit. Recap a little bit. But Psalm 53, verse 1. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. 
Verse 2, God looks down from heaven and upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. Look at verse 2. God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand. Well, understand what? Understand math? Understand how to read, understand how to write, understand something in a certain field. It just, it, we're talking about true understanding. To see if there are any who understand who seek God. Verse 2, Psalm 53, 2 in the, the New Living Translation said, God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise if anyone seeks God. Talking about true understanding from a sweeping perspective. When you think of understanding that'll stand through the test of time and stand our whole lives. God is saying, does anybody really understand? Does anybody get it? Does anybody understand the true nature of things? Does anybody understand what's going on? You know, you could go through the motions in so many areas, right? Now, you, you could go through, go to work and go and just go through uh, the motions in certain areas but you, and, and not even really understand the background for something going on, but you're there, you were in the meeting, but you didn't get it. You got what you needed to do your job, but you didn't understand the subtlety that was really going on. Or at school, something could go on. You know, there's certain movies that, that, that they've made so that uh, kids can enjoy them and parents can enjoy them. You know, started a while ago. There's always been some of that. But, you know, when the real, some of these animated movies started coming out, you have something that the kids are enjoying it at one level. And then they throw in stuff. I'm talking about stuff crude. I mean, sometimes they do stuff like that. But, I mean, just stuff that only an adult would get. And the kids are oblivious. They're just enjoying it as a cartoon. But there's these, these comments that the parents are laughing. The kids aren't getting it. They don't actually understand what's really going on. They're just understanding you know, the, the immediate. Well, there, there's people going through the motions in life all over and can have great understanding in a certain area. Like if you asked them to, to, to spout facts, they would understand. They'd be able to say certain things about a given profession or subject or whatever. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about what's going on in general. In other words, it's, it's like those kids going, oh yeah, you know, this character's doing that and that. And it's like, did you hear what he said? No, I didn't. It flew right over their head. They didn't understand. Well, you, people get up, they go to work, they go through the motions, they go home and eat dinner or take care of their, their lawn and just go through. And even in the natural, people get to the point and say, what are we doing? What is going on? What? Why are we here? You'll hear people say that. Well, you don't have to ask that question. If you're a Christian and you know the Bible, you know why we're here, and you know who's over everything, not causing everything to happen. God doesn't make people do all kinds of the crazy stuff they do. But ultimately, His will is going to be done. Ultimately, His purposes are going to come through. Jesus is Lord, and every knee will bow. And that's where we want to be lined up with that. But, you know, people all over the world are just going through and they, they kind of look and, you know, they have the superficial understanding, but not getting it. Not understanding what's really, what's really going on. What's the reality? 
It says, God looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. In the Amplified, it says, God has looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there is anyone who understands, who seeks after God, who requires Him, who longs for Him as essential to life. So talking about understanding, true understanding. Wisdom is the, the, the right application of knowledge. It's not just knowledge. It's not just knowing facts and figures. It's knowing what to do. It's knowing how, how behaviors will affect you decades from now, not just three minutes from now. It's having a deeper, like what is really the backdrop. Now let's look at Proverbs 4, verse 1, and get in, I want to get into some specific things related to this this morning. Proverbs 4, verse 1. You know, the Proverbs, a lot of them were written by Solomon, who's, the Bible calls the wisest man, great king, and we'll talk a little bit more about him. Proverbs 4, verse 1 says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine or teaching. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words and keep my commands and live. This is very instructive when you notice what's going on. He's relating what was told to him. Well, his father was King David. Every day, there are new, new babies being born on the scene all over the world. Every day... There are people entering, there are people exiting the earth, but there are people entering the world and growing up. And you have kids and young people that are seeing different parts of life for the first time and they need instruction. We all need instruction, but this is instructive what it's saying here. He's saying, let, you, yet let your heart retain my words Keep my commands and live. Saying this is how he was taught. Keep my commands. And there's a lot of stuff that sounds good. You have kids, they, they attach themselves to all kinds of stuff. And, and young people are very zealous. And they're very, they get excited about certain things and can attach themselves to causes or to, uh, you know, teachings or bands or whatever. And we may have different technology now, but the, the, you know, back in Solomon's day, it's the same. He's saying, let your heart retain my words. In other words, there's some stuff that's going to be in front of you that looks like it's good, but listen to the truth. That's wisdom talking. Perspective. Just even naturally, I mean, if it doesn't happen automatically, but as we get older, we ought to have more wisdom. The more we're looking to God, the more wisdom we're going to have. A, a young person, though, if they'll act on what the Word says and what God is directing and guiding them through His Spirit in line with His Word, they can have wisdom far beyond their years. Sidestep issues that other people get into. Well, it's the same for us as older kids. You know, whatever station in life we're in, God's wisdom is what's going to bring us through, and it will be solid. It won't falter at the wrong time. We could apply these same words to us. 
son, retain my word. Let your heart retain what I'm saying. Keep my commands and live. In other words, there's other things that could cause you to go down the wrong path. Let's look, verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. We're talking about wisdom, but we're, this is referring to the wisdom of God. It says you embrace wisdom, it's going to keep you. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Verse 7 says wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In the NLT verse 7 there, Proverbs 4, 7, the NLT says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. In the ERV it says, The first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. Well, we talked about this, what wisdom? Well, God's wisdom. But the first step is you go toward the wisdom of God and then regardless if our minds understand it, you latch on to that and you say, I'm doing this. And people are quite, well, I don't understand how that works. It's right. Go after it and you'll understand more and more as you go on. You know, um, don't raise your hand, but I think everybody in here and online, if you're of any age, you know, let's say you're an adult, can remember things that your parents told you if they were right, things that, that you were told that at the time you didn't quite understand, that you didn't see the wisdom of, that you um, questioned. But today, you know it's right. And maybe you wish you would have listened to more of it. Like I said, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But we... If you've lived any time at all as an adult, things become more and more clear of what, what is truly right and not. I mean, it should. If you're as a Christian, it definitely should as we grow in Christ. But there are things that you can look back on and say, ah, I wish I would have listened more. That doesn't mean you blew up everything. It just means I could have done more of the right thing. Well, the first thing, it says, the first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. And that, that takes humility to know that, wait a minute, I don't know everything. You know, the younger we are, generally, the more ideal, idealistic we are, and the more you think, you can think you're not, you're uh, indestructible. Stuff that happens to other people not going to happen to you. You can get away with a lot of stuff. You know, you see some of the stuff kids do and you're like, you're crazy. I mean, you, you, you acting like there's no way you could ever get hurt. You could ever be harmed. You're just acting like you're a superhero or something. Well, that, uh, some of that comes with growing. We understand, oh my gosh, I did what? I, I could have been killed doing that. 
Well, that's wisdom that comes with age. Proverbs 4, 7 in the CSB says, Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. Whatever else you do, get understanding. In the Young's literal translation, it says, The first thing is wisdom. Get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. This is making it clear, the principle, the first, the first step. It's supreme. Wisdom is the wisdom of God is above everything. If you know what God is saying, it influences every other area. It influences every part. Wisdom is number one. It's not money that we should seek. It's not connections. It's not talent or ability. Not even hard work is number one. You can have any and all of these things, and end up in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. People do it all the time. It doesn't matter if you have all the resources or work hard if you end up in the wrong outcome. And people glorify certain things, like, well, if you work hard, you can do anything. But what are you doing? What are you working hard at? Where are we going? What is the greater picture? What's the true understanding? You can have resources. You could have money to invest. The question is, where do you invest it? The question is, long-term, how did that investment pay out? And not even just financially. You know, you could invest a lot of money in something. At the end of the day, when you get out of here and you go to be with the Lord, if it didn't affect what God's doing on the earth, Everything here is going to be burned up. So in the end, what, does it, what did it actually, uh, what was the result? If we were to look at it in God's perspective, what was the true value? How did it come out? You know, you could have tons and tons of connections on any social platform or, you know, with business networking. At the end of the day, What's the, the value? What's the purpose? What's the true wisdom? Where is the goal? Because there's people on the earth that are doing all these things. Yet, in, if you look at the, the true picture, they don't even acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Well, all the rest of it doesn't amount to anything. Now, you can have all these things and be using it for the glory of God and leveraging every bit of it and be truly wise. But just because the, the, the question or the, the, the focus is not on any other element, number one is wisdom. Number one is what's the real state of things and how do I go forward? How are the decisions I'm making now going to truly affect me in the years to come and to truly affect the kingdom of God? You know, there we God does not look at things the way man does. You know, I, I um, there is one well-known uh, minister who then he was well known, but then he had a son and he was very well known and is very well known. If I mention his name, you would all know who he is. But his father was going his father went to a very small congregation, got born again in this very small congregation. 
And that man that led him to the Lord, then this man went on to have a ministry that affected the world, and then his son even multiplied and affected the world even more. Well, when you look at how that man was ministering to this, to this, uh, this man that got born again, all that came from that decision, came from his being at the right place at the right time. And all the downstream effect of that is for God's kingdom and His glory. His wisdom, having His wisdom in your life and in your situation to know what to do is priceless. Let's look at... Um, Let's go over to 1 Kings 3, verse 1. Now, this is an account about Solomon, who we were just reading. He, he wrote these Proverbs. When Solomon became king, when he was being, taking the throne. Now, he, King David was his father. 1 Kings 3, verse 1, it says, Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house in the house of the Lord and the wall all around Jerusalem. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father, David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Verse 4, Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for he, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? So he is the king. God is appearing to him in a dream and says, Ask whatever you want. Ask and I'll give it to you. Verse 6, And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne, as it is to this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child and do not know how to go out or come in. He's acknowledging, I, I don't know all I believe I need to know to get this job done. I am becoming king, and I need help. That's humility. Verse 8, And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered and counted. Verse 9, Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? So God asked him, what can I give you? And he said, I need your help. I need to have your understanding. I need your help to make right decisions to lead. He asked for wisdom. Number one. Verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Verse 11, then God said to him, because you have asked this thing 
and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have done according or, or asked the life of your enemies, but asked for yourself understanding to d discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings of your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commands as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So God looked at him and said, you have asked the right thing. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for long life. You didn't ask for revenge on your enemies. You asked for understanding. And because uh, you asked for understanding and being wise, all the other things that you could have asked for are going to be yours. Because wisdom is number one. If you know what to do, if God can, if you give God access to give you direction and wisdom, then you are going to make right decisions in what truly matters. And so we read some of what Solomon said in Proverbs. There's other places. Let's read, read briefly in Proverbs 2, verse 6. Let's skip down to 2, verse 6. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom. See, he understood. Proverbs 2, verse 6. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. This is Solomon, who we just read about asking for wisdom. Well, these are what he was writing. See, he acknowledged that it was God that gives the wisdom. It's God that gives the understanding. Verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice. He preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who speaks perverse things. He's giving advice, giving pro these proverbs he's writing are from a heart of wisdom that he obtained by going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I can't, I, I don't know how to go forward. He said, I don't know how to make decisions that are going to be the right decision for all these people. I need your help. And he was known as the wisest person that ever lived. But it wasn't because of all his resources. It wasn't because of everything he had. It was because he followed God. Now, Solomon, later in his life, if you read Ecclesiastes, he, he had drifted. He had, right now what you're reading is he, he's strong, he is believing God, but he got to the point where he was like, what's the point? We just go through all this stuff over and over. But when he was close to God, he was assured that it was the wisdom of God that was going to get him through. Psalm 49.6. Let's look at Psalm 49.6.
It says, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother. See, just one element of these things that, see, Solomon could have asked for these things. People go after, go after riches. They, they live their lives just to try to acquire that. Verse 7, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. Verse 7 says, none of them can by any means redeem his brother. In other words, no amount of money can buy a person, nor give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever. Psalm 49, verse 7 in the NIV says, No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. So you see here, this is the true value. When you look at value in the world, if you said what's valuable in the world, immediately, if you just ask that question, a lot of people are going to start listing material things. A lot of people would. Not everybody. But you know, maybe there's certain products or things that we would say, well, this is really valuable, and then give the price tag. The Bible says here that the cost of one person, there's no payment ever enough. So right here in this room and the people online, there is more value than there is in the entire world's economy. Just, just these people. Think about it. That's not the way most people look at life. But to God, people are infinitely valuable and this life that we're living is to worship Him and to bring people with us. Because when we get to heaven, anything that didn't affect people, it's not going to amount to much. In Psalm 49, verse 7, the Amplified, just to see this from another angle, it says, For the, the ransom of a life is too costly, and the price one can pay can never suffice. None of them can by any means redeem either himself, his brother, nor to give God a ransom for him. So part of, of knowing what is needed to be done starts from a perspective of truly how the world really is. You know, Solomon went and said, I, I need you. You know, like what we talked about several weeks ago, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the place where you start going, wait a minute, you're the start, now I need to know what to do. Well, now we look at, well, what is the perspective? God said He's looking and saying, does anybody really get it? Does anybody really understand? Does anybody understand value, true value in life? What is really valuable? What should I spend my time on? Because time is the most important, is the most valuable commodity that we have to spend. Money is not. If you have infinite time, you can have infinite money. doesn't matter how, what, 
what the, the hourly wage is or how much you make on investment. If you have infinite time, you can, it's like working a thousand jobs. Time is precious. Time is rare, is uh, in short supply. So how do we spend that? Well, that takes a, a, a view of the world, of reality, that's true. How do you spend today? You know, part of it, you're here listening or online listening because you believe this is valuable. You could be doing, I mean, it's, it's a nice weekend before we go into the, sli the, the quick slide into winter. You know, we're going to go through fall and then go into winter. And we got this break of, you know, it's 80, 80 degrees, 70, 80. It's awesome. Well, you could be doing something else right now. A lot of things you could do on a Sunday. Why are we here? Because we're, we believe this is valuable. It doesn't matter how much time you spend on something if it's the wrong thing. Now, we don't have to get nuts about it and, oh my, you know, every second I have to micromanage or else I'm going to blow up the rest of my life. You don't want to go there because you'll, you'll go crazy and you won't do anything anyway. But there is a reality. Every step I'm taking, every part, every, uh, when, I'm, when I'm dedicating resources, if it's time, if it's money, you know, my talents, however, what, why? Where's it going? What's valuable? What's valuable in life? What's the true value? Well, if we look around and we say, well, people are. If that's important to God, God paid the highest price that's ever been paid for anything for you and I, then that's what's truly valuable. Now, how can I walk in that vein? See, Solomon, though he was in the Old, Old Testament, walking in the knowledge he had, he, his first thing wasn't money for himself, wasn't revenge on his enemies, wasn't long life for him. He said, how do I take care of these people? Well, that was God's, that's God's priority. How do I lead this nation of your people? How do I do the right thing for them so they end up in the right place? How, what do I do? Now, we're in the New Covenant, and Jesus has paid the ransom for all mankind. And if we're Christians, we've come to the knowledge that there is nothing we can do to pay for our life. We can't work the right things. We can't check a bunch of boxes so God can accept us. We cannot pay for it. It's only what He did and us receiving it and confessing Him as Lord and Savior and saying, Lord, I can't save myself. You've already made the payment. I trust you. I believe you rose from the dead, and I confess you as my Lord. That's how we become born again. And that's the state of the world, is God has given His Son. The Lord Jesus is on the throne, and we are in a, in a place now where we are on the earth to worship Him and to bring others to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Because anything else, I mean, what are we even on the earth for at this point? I mean, you look around, you're going, heaven sounds pretty nice right now. Some days you look and go, oh, let's go today. Now, we were just talking about it out in the parking lot a week or two ago. Just, yeah, wouldn't it be nice if this afternoon we were going to be partying in heaven? I mean, wouldn't that just be amazing? Well, at some point, that is going to happen. It's going to be the next step. I mean, you know, if, if Jesus, Terry's doesn't come back, um, 
boy, it's looking closer and closer, but you know, everybody's going to go on to be with him. But at some point, even that's going to cease, and all at once, we're going to be there. Well, then why are we here? Because not everybody that's going to believe has come in, and we have a job to do. Well, that informs everything we do. How do I use my time? What is it? Well, it paid off here. Yeah, but did it pay off in the right column? Is it, is it when I step over into heaven, am I going to go, yep, that was the right decision, that was the right decision? Or is it going to be like, yeah, that thing that, you know, I, I spent all that time and money on, yeah, it's burnt up. Because you know the world, the Bible says that the world, I mean, this world, the way it is now, it's all going to be burnt up. Everything that you know, naturally speaking, is going to be gone. It's a bigger, yeah, you know, this pile of ashes over here, that's what, that's what I did. That, that, was, that was my contribution. That's sobering. But we need God's wisdom to know the rest of it, how to do anything else. And there are so many distractions and things that pull to try to get us off what He would have us to do. 1 John 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. In other words, it's temporary. Everything we see is temporary. And the lust of it, or the, the strong longing for it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You realize what you do with the time that we have doing truly wise wise decisions based on true understanding of the nature of things, it will abide forever. Thank God, you know, for if, if you've trusted Jesus as, as your Savior and come to the saving knowledge of the truth, thank God you found out and something happened, either it was a friend, uh, it was on TV, it was on the internet, somehow you came to the saving knowledge. Somebody shared Jesus with you in some way and now forever your life's changed. For now on, for then on, for eternity. True value. In the Amplified Classic, 1 John 2.16, let's read the same passage in the, the Amplified. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification. That means anything. You know, we, we live in a body. We have senses. We have feelings. But this isn't all there is. And if we go, there's a pull there, though. Anybody that says there's not, there, there is a pull to, for things here on the earth. You know, watch a bunch of TV or eat a bunch of food or do whatever. You know, those things are all, they, they pull on everybody. Well, something, it's saying that's a pull in the earth. The lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind and pride of life, assurance Look at this, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. Anybody found out that the earth, earthly things aren't stable? They change. No, we've been in a, a state of change this year. I mean, when 2020 started, I, the night we were watching the ball drop 
And there was people just, uh, you know, partying like they usually do. On the part, but the people that were talking, like this is going to be this year and everything, there was something on the inside of me that it was like, don't, I, I, couldn't, I wouldn't put in the words, but I told my family. It was like, don't they, don't they know? This is something's, something's coming. Something's happening. But it's like life will just go on. Well, everything has changed this year. People thought things that people thought were stable are not stable. People that thought things that thought, well, this, this, this won't change. This, this is a, a good investment, or this, this is solid. Well, it's upended. How do you make decisions? When it looks like that, you gotta have wisdom. But what, where's the wisdom come from? Somebody's book that was written five years ago that didn't have a clue about what's going on now. Only if it's based on God's word and what He has said will it stand. And so these things pull on us and try to pull us in in directions. Well, Luke 9.23, Jesus said this. You put up Luke 9.23. Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and, and take up his cross and daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. In other words, whoever... tries to take care of everything in his life at the expense of something that's truly important, he's going to lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. In other words, whoever puts his focus on the things that are actually important will actually save his life, will actually be living the life that results in eternal things and importance in the, the life to come. Verse 25, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Whoever is ashamed of me in my words or him, uh, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and in, in his holy angels. In other words, what's the point if you get certain things on this earth Number one, if people don't know Jesus, what's the point? At the end of the day, there's nothing. Number two, if you've had, if you deny God, people can go in a direction and try to heap up certain things or try to go in, uh, you know, past all kinds of different paths that, that aren't really what God would have for them. At the end of the day, if they've denied God, if they've denied Jesus, there's no, there's no payoff. Verse 25 says, what profit is it if, he, if a man gains the whole world and he himself is destroyed or lost? Well, how do we know what's going to be the thing that's going to be right or the thing that's going to end up in heartache? God's word, which is his wisdom, which is his truth, he has, based on His Word, a plan for every person that may not look like the plan you would think of, may not look like the thing you would think was the right decision, 
But when you look at the, the scheme of things, God has mapped out something that is right, that is true, that is going to be the most effective. In other words, leverage everything you have to the max as you walk after Him. But what does that take? It takes His wisdom, His direction, His knowledge. But that's God's looking and saying, does anybody get it? Does anybody understand that you in the scheme of things are basically nothing and that if you look to me, I can bring you to the point where you are the most impactful and it'll be for His glory and His honor and His praise and your well-being. Wisdom, His wisdom is the principal thing. It's number one. Amen.